Jesus told his disciples this, God's kingdom is like seed that's thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed, well, it sprouts and it grows. He has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First a a green stem of grass, then a bud, then the ripened grain. When the grain is fully formed, he reaps. It's harvest time. So how can we picture God's kingdom? Jesus asks. What kind of story can we use? Well, it's like a, a pine nut when it lands on the ground. It's, it's quite small as seeds go, yet once it's planted, it grows into a huge pine tree with thick branches. Even eagles nest in it. With many stories like these, Jesus presented his message to them, fitting the stories to their experiences and to their maturity. He was never without a story when he spoke. And when he was alone with these disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, untying the knots, sharing the kingdom. Hey, first things first, uh, Julie, I could hear you play all the time, just like all day, every day, I think. That was gorgeous, uh, really. Rosemary, who would have thought to pair Jesus Loves Me with Claire de Lune? Have you heard that? It's stunning. So thank you so much. Instructor of piano at Catawba, is that correct? Yeah, and, and what a gift you bring to this uh, community. So thanks so much. I don't normally alert you or... or um, lift up flowers on the altar, but I do want to lift these up today because we continue to uh, grieve with Mickey and Betty Black uh, at the death of their son, Robert. I know it's still just, um, just still hard on days like these, so please know that you are surrounded by people who love you and care for you, and, and uh, as we continue to remember your son who uh, died unexpectedly last year during that COVID year. Also, the flowers in the narthex are in memory of Francis Lynn and Walter Tatum. We had a beautiful um, celebration of his life on Thursday. Walter died this past week as well, uh, just a longtime member of this congregation. And so we, we lift their family in prayer. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, so just when you thought 2021 could not get any stranger, we were driving to Winchester, Carter, Krista, and I were driving to Winchester, Virginia last weekend, uh, where we used to live, Winchester, Virginia, uh, for a wedding and an unexpected funeral of a of a good friend. That's another story altogether. But it was Friday afternoon, and I don't know, we were 10, 20 miles from from Winchester, maybe. That's in the northern uh, tip of the Shenandoah Valley, if you've ever been to that beautiful part of the world. Um, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's, we're not yet at our destination, but we start to hear this loud and growing buzzsaw sound, right? I mean, we're driving 70 miles an hour-ish on the highway, I-81, windows are up, air conditioning, Spotify is on. I mean, we're sort of loud in the car. We couldn't figure it out until all at once we looked at each other and said, cicadas, Right? I mean, in that part of the Shenandoah Valley, cicada is well, well known. Uh, the cicadas emerge every 17 years, and sure enough, if we count back, the last time they emerged was in 2004 when we were living in Winchester, Virginia. We knew that sound. This brood is, is one of 15 broods in the United States. They're so-called 
periodic broods of cicadas that all burrow deep in the ground, and they emerge in different years, either uh, 12 years or 17 years. And what's crazy is that there are hundreds of billions of cicadas just in this brood alone, and I felt like most of them were dive-bombing our car that day on the drive to Winchester. I'm so glad I did not wash the car before we left. What I find fascinating is that the whole life cycle and rhythm of, the, of, of emerging every 12 or 17 years is a big mystery. All we know is that, that when the ground temperature reaches 64 degrees, uh, we can expect cicadas to emerge, uh, normally between the months of May and July. They'll find partners, they'll mate, they'll lay eggs, and, and then after four to six weeks later, these little cicada nymphs, as they're called, they'll fall to the ground, they'll bury themselves 10 to 12 inches underneath the ground, where they will stay, eating on tree sap for 17 years, which gives them the distinction of having the longest life cycle of any insect on earth. Good to know, right? Aren't you glad that you came to church today? I know that you are. I... I, now, I don't know if you caught this, but think back to why we were there, a wedding, an outdoor wedding in cicada season. I mean, it, it became humorous. I mean, it wasn't funny at first when you see these cicadas get caught up in the bride's hair and dress and everything, but after a while, even she's laughing, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Pictures that they have, professional pictures. I'm sure they spent a lot of money on professional pictures with cicadas crawling up the legs of the people in the pictures. It was hilarious, but it was just wonderful at the same time, and one big mystery. I'd like to share with you again this, this beautiful story, this parable of Jesus that's cloaked also in mystery. There are two parables that I just read for you, and I'd like to just lift up this very first one once again. When Jesus says to them, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground. He, he would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed, it would sprout and grow. He does not know how, Right? I love this, this particular story because it's such a simple story. It's a story of a farmer uh, scattering seed and reaping a harvest. His livelihood, don't, don't forget, is absolutely dependent on the growth of the seed. And what I love about this particular parable is in the very first part of the, of the story, verse 27, when it says, he does not know how. No clue whatsoever. The farmer can scatter the seed, but he cannot cause it to germinate and grow. In fact, in those times, Jesus is speaking 2,000 years ago, of course, and so in those days, uh, the science of seed germination was a mystery to everybody, right? Uh, he just knew that if he threw some seed on freshly tilled soil and there was some sun and there was enough rain that it would grow. So, once he scattered his seed, I guess he could just go up on the porch and take a nap, right? Eat dinner, uh, uh, clean all the dishes, and I don't know, go to bed. Wake up the next morning, maybe he'll go out and see what's going on, but he knows it's, it's too early. But he knows that eventually it, it will come. These things take time after a while, but eventually the growth, it would come, and, and he would see in due time. His brown field just, just become green with the, the tender shoots, the beautiful, almost fluorescent green shoots of new growth. Those shoots then becoming stalks and, and heavy with grain. Ask him how it worked. Oh, I don't know. He'd shrug his shoulders and say, I don't know. And here's the thing. 
Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like that, meaning the growth of the kingdom of God is like that. It's a mystery. Like the farmer, there's nothing that we can do to make it grow. I mean, come on, look at the parable. This seems sort of odd if you think about it. Really, nothing we can do to make it grow? Uh, But he has everything to do with the planting, right? Uh, And at some point, he has something to do with the harvesting, but it's very, very clear he has absolutely nothing to do with the growing. That's God's business. And so, I don't know, he should be relieved, relieved of his anxiety of having to make the seeds grow by his own effort. So, he can go lie down and rise up, counting on God to do God's part, trusting God to do God's part. The message is so incredibly simple, really, but it's really very, very important for us to see, critically important to understand our role in this world, so don't miss it. It is this. It is we who scatter the seed. It is God who gives the growth. So, I want you to repeat that. It is we who scatter the seed. Say that. It is we who scatter the seed. It is God who gives the growth. It is God who gives the growth. Simple as that. So, if that's true, as it is, if that's true, then I'd think that we'd want to scatter the seed everywhere, knowing that the soil is, as the song said so beautifully today, uh, the soil is the soil of the human heart. And since you can never tell how God might cause that seed to grow within that soil of the human heart, you want to scatter it far and wide. I mean, share the gospel generously, bear the love of God recklessly, embody the peace of Christ continually, trusting, trusting God to give the growth. But here's the deal. I'm not a farmer, but I think I know this about farming. If I'm going to scatter corn seed, what's going to grow? corn. If I'm going to scatter wheat seed, what's going to grow? Wheat, absolutely. But when you scatter gospel seed upon the world recklessly, indiscriminately, you don't know what might come up, only that it will in due time. Now let's turn to the second parable. This one is not just about any seed, it's about the mustard seed, which is the smallest seed uh, around, right? Is it mustard seed scattered on the soil? So let's again begin verse 30. He said, Jesus, with what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what is a parable that we could use for it? It's like the mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in the shade. In our Thursday morning Bible study uh, this past week, we remembered that there's an Old Testament um, passage that's very similar to this parable. It's oddly, and and, uh, it must be intentionally similar to this passage. It's from Ezekiel chapter 17, where God says in Ezekiel that He Himself will take a sprig from a large cedar tree, and He'll plant it on a tall and a lofty mountain so that 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 tree might grow. Here's what it says in Ezekiel 17, on the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it. It will bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. 
What's he talking about? Well, God seems to be talking about the, the dynasty of King David. You remember that a thousand years before Jesus? This is a, a marvelous, majestic dynasty. The people of Israel were so proud by the kingdom of David, right? You remember that David established a kingdom and he enlarged it and, and it was glorious, but it didn't last for very long. <laughs> Soon after David's death and then Solomon, it, it, it was divided and eventually it was conquered and eventually the people of that kingdom were carried off into captivity as slaves. It was a humiliating moment in the history of Israel, right? Ezekiel is sharing this image of a cedar while they're slaves still in captivity in Babylon. And, and so, in their darkest moment, God is saying that, that, that the kingdom, that kingdom, it's going to be restored, people, my people. It's going to become a noble cedar. It's going to grow on the mountain height of Israel, and birds, they will make their nests in it. Can't you imagine that those people, the people of Israel, who were living in captivity, many of them slaves, can't you imagine that they loved that imagery? They loved that promise. That's why they kept that image in their minds, this image of this wonderful tree growing tall, this beautiful cedar on top of a mountain, on top of Mount Zion. That's what the kingdom will be like, God said to them. And everyone in Israel knew that image. And then Jesus comes along, because this is sort of funny if you think about it. Jesus says, the kingdom of God <laughs> is not like a cedar, it's like a mustard seed. Really? A mustard seed? The smallest seed on the earth? What's, what gives that? What's all that about? And, and yet He says, when it is sown, it grows up, it becomes the greatest of all shrubs. In other words, the kingdom of God, when it's fully grown, is like a bush right? Well, that's a downer, don't you think? I mean, my goodness, Jesus, can't you come up with something better than that? It's a bush, and it's not even the biggest bushes of all. I mean, the wild mustard plant that grows in Israel even today is just not a very remarkable plant at all. In fact, it's everywhere. The yellow flowers are in all the fields. It's along all the roadways of Israel. You can't get rid of it which is why this image is so strange. Did you know that in Jesus' day, it was even against the law to scatter mustard seed because it's a kind of weed that will take over your garden in a minute. And, and, and if you're foolish enough to spread that seed wide enough, it could just take over the world. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Maybe that's the point Jesus is making. I mean, is it possible that Jesus is actually saying that if you take the seed of the kingdom and you scatter it around, it will grow all right, but it ain't going to grow in the way that you expect it to grow, rather than becoming a giant cedar with its top in the heavens. The kingdom Jesus is talking about will become a million little mustard plants scattered all around the landscape. It's Jesus' way of turning things upside down. I mean, right when we think we've got it, Jesus says, nope, let me show you a different way. Right when we think we've just put our finger right on, yeah, this is what it's like. This is what that kingdom is like. Nope. Bingo. <laughs> let me show you a different way of, of looking at it. That's Jesus. You want a kingdom, he says? I'll give you a kingdom 
a mustard seed kingdom that runs rampant all around the world, growing everywhere all the time, completely out of control. Well, completely out of our control. And maybe that's what's so hard about it, because we sort of like being in control, don't we, of this kingdom? By the way, um, I don't know a single pastor right now who isn't um, worried about what's next for the church, especially now as we reemerge from the pandemic, sort of like the cicadas, but not really, you know. You could predict the cicadas are coming every 17 years. We can't predict what it's going to look like, right? As we open the doors and we welcome people back and we want to rebuild the church. As it turns out, uh, I receive multiple emails a day inviting us into new strategies for welcoming people and bringing them back. And the most popular pastor books like that right now, I mean, we just get advertisements all over the place. They're these step-by-step instructions for how to fill up the pews once again. And anxious pastors and church leaders, they're just gobbling them up like crazy. But it seems to me that, that that doesn't seem to be what Jesus is saying here. I mean, here's what Jesus says, scatter the seed of the gospel, recklessly share the love and peace of Christ wherever you go, and then go take a nap. (laughs) Don't be so anxious. I mean, really. Uh, Because growth is a mystery. And if you think you can figure it out, you're only fooling yourself. You do your job sow the seeds of the kingdom, and then step back. Because the thing you think is going to come up is not the thing that's going to come up. (laughs) And that's okay. It really is. We don't get to manage the growth after all. That's God's business. Our job is to scatter and sow the seed, which is a pretty doggone important lesson for us, don't you think? Let me ask a question. I promise I'm about finished. (laughs) Do you, do you want, really want, deep in your heart and soul, do you want the kingdom of God to grow and flourish? I ask that honestly because I know we live in a society, in a culture where it's all about me. It's all about what's in it for me. How can I turn all this back to what's right for me, right? No, we're asking a much broader question here. Jesus is asking a much broader question here. Do you want the kingdom of God to grow and flourish? Uh, Do you want the church, not just this church, not just St. John's, the church around the world, do you want the church to grow and flourish? Do you want people to be excited about the gospel, not for the sake of the church, but for the sake of the world? Do you want that? Well, look, if you do, then take on the responsibility of sowing the seed. Take on the responsibility of the farmer, each and every one of us, not just a few of us, all of us, scatter the seed. But please, hear this. Be sure to scatter kingdom seed. You know the difference, right? Uh, The seed of love, not not of hate. We've got enough of that seed being scattered all around the place, right? Scatter the seed of unity, not of division. We've got enough of that being scattered these days. Scatter the seed of trust in one another, not skepticism toward one another. We've got enough of that. Scatter the seed of hope, not of despair. 
sow those seeds, and God promises that He will bring a remarkable harvest beyond our comprehension, a harvest of goodness and kindness, a harvest of mercy and justice, a, heart of a, a harvest of abundance for all. Because the truth is this, if you hold a seed in your hand, it will always just remain a seed. But if you throw it, who knows what might happen? Amen.